Great job. Great job, guys. Amen. Well, good morning. It is so good to see everyone today. And um, we're, we're, we got some stuff to do. Um, I, I'm prepared. Uh, I have my message. And I also have an update. I am prepared to just share the update. I'm prepared to preach the message in the update. I'm prepared to stop at one of my three exit ramps on the message and continue next week. But I feel like we need to talk a little bit uh, about the, um, the virus situation and what we may be facing as a church. We want to give a statement to you today, and we, we will put this on our website um, for those that were unable to be here today. I want to thank you, first of all, for being here. I know that this is new territory for us. Um, I know that um, this is a time of concern. It's a time of caution. It's a time of cynicism, too. Um, it, it's almost like whatever you decide to do as a church or as a business or, uh, or as a family. Um, am I messed up here? Are we okay? Um, whatever you decide to do, somebody's going to tell you you've got it wrong. Um, you've got people pressuring you to have faith and to even acknowledge that there is a problem is uh, to cave into fear. Then you've got others that are afraid to even speak to their family members, uh, you know, lock themselves in a room. And it's, it's a tough time. I, I'm, I'm not saying that to hurt anyone. I'm saying that in an attempt, a feeble attempt at humor. But um, I think we need to, to really come together on, on um, what we're dealing with and how we need to respond to it. I, um, I, I, have you noticed how every business with whom you've had anything to do is sending you an email and a text? Um, my wife was, had one of the most important observations. She said, I want to know why everybody's saying they're worried about me except Krispy Kreme. I just, I want to know why that's happening. And I said, well, if they don't care for us, let's just go order several dozen boxes just to put them under stress. But I don't know. There were no donuts when I got up this morning. So let me, let me remind you, loved ones, that caution is not fear and good sense is not unbelief. Um, I realize that we can cave into fear and that's counterproductive to the situation and counterproductive to our faith. But I also think there are a lot of people that are almost trying to shame people into having faith um, when that's always been our position. That's what we've said from the beginning. We need to have faith. We need to trust God, but um, we also need to try to walk in wisdom and balance and discern what the spirit of God is saying to us. I want to remind you, and I'm going to talk to you for a few minutes, so just relax. I want to remind you that genuine faith is sort of like a bird's nest. Um, during lush green times of beautiful spring and summer weather, you don't see the bird's nests. They're covered up in the greenery, but every bird's nest, every squirrel's nest becomes very evident when the winds of winter blow those leaves away. 
And we need to realize that sometimes our faith is best seen in a winter chill than in a time of spring blossoming. So this isn't the time for us to, to tear our nest down. This isn't the time for us to abandon faith. But it's the time to understand that there's a better opportunity for us to be a witness to our community right now and in the days ahead than we may have had in years. Um, I want to remind you to lean into faith and into the promise of Scripture. Um, my pastor used to say the Bible that is falling apart. Now, this was before we were reading online. But he said the Bible that is falling apart usually belongs to someone who isn't. And I thought that was a good way of looking at it. So let's, let's take a little time to cover some things. Um, I want you to know, I mean, this is obvious, but most of us have never seen a time like this in our lives. So we're navigating new territory. A handful may be old enough to remember what the nation went through with the polio scare um, uh, back decades ago, back before I was born. By the time I came along, there was a vaccine that was highly successful. But um, there was a time in our nation when, especially because of the way it was impacting children, that uh, we didn't know what to do or how to handle this. And I want to say thank the Lord that at least in this crisis, children seem to be unusually resilient. And we're thankful for that. So let me explain, explain what we've done uh, as a church. Number one, we're staying alert and listening to government and health officials. Um, I want you to know that some of the decisions are out of our hands. Um, there's a lot of second-guessing going on right now. Well, we're caving into fear or we ought to be doing this. Uh, loved ones, we're doing the very best that we can. And, um, and quite frankly, the best thing we can have right now is... is Listen to a shepherd's heart because a shepherd cares for the sheep. Fellow I went to school with who will remain unnamed because some of you might know him. He's, uh, I, he sent a text. He says, are, you know, are y'all canceling service tomorrow? And I said, um, I said, no, we're, we're feel like we need to get everybody together and let's talk this thing through. He said, well, don't do like everybody else. Don't cancel the service and cave into fear. And I wrote him back and, and I said, my dear brother, called him by his name, I said, that's why you are an evangelist and not a pastor. You can come in, destroy everything, and leave the pastors to pick up body parts after you leave. And um, I said, we're concerned for the sheep, and we, we will do our best to make wise decisions. But I want you to understand that we're probably going to have to set some things in place that aren't our preference. Some of these things are going to be out of our hands. If the governor says no public gatherings, if the governor says no public gatherings over a certain number, we don't have a choice in that. And we're going to have to comply until something conflicts with our stand as a Christian. We need to be a part of the solution, not part of the problem. You say, well, Pastor, what if, what if, they, uh, what if they say we can't meet for two or three weeks? Well, we'll talk about that. That's why I'm asking you to triple tithe today, just in case. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. Although that, that, that feels like the anointing if you want to do that. But uh, 
some of the decisions are out of our hand. You know, if they say, uh, like some states have no gatherings over 100, you say, what are we going to do? Well, we'll let you know. We'll restructure service. We'll have several services, shortened additions. We'll do what we have to do until the thing passes. We also need to pray for churches that some churches, the inability to meet will be devastating to them. You know, we pray for churches during hurricanes because if we cancel service because of a hurricane coming through, we generally survive um, well and people still do their giving and what have you. But I want to tell you, there are a lot of churches that they can't survive this. They can't survive being told they can't meet or what have you outside of the hand of God. So we need to pray for churches. We need to pray for schools. Some of our children, uh, one or two meals a day for those children come through school. And some of those parents, are, are gonna, they, they can't leave work to take care of children that are not in school. This is a big, big deal. Um, families and businesses, I'm concerned, will be negatively impacted. And because we don't know what we're up against, we realize and we have to be, we have to be honest and say it could get much worse um, before, before it gets better. Now, I know there are some that are saying, this. well, it's just a flu. The symptoms are just like the flu. Well, let me say this. We need to be cautious saying that, uh, saying things like, well, it's just a flu. Tell that to the people who have lost loved ones. Um, the problems we have, as I understand it, is that in any given flu season, there are vaccines available. You know, I take a flu shot every year. Um, there, there is natural immunity that has been built up. And as I understand it, we don't have that right now. Um, we also, unless the figures have changed, I'm not a statistician, I'm not a physician, but at least in the early days, the death rate from this strain of virus was exponentially higher than deaths from the flu per percentage-wise. So we're not just talking about a bad case of the flu coming through where we have vaccines that we've already had and we have a natural immunity built up. This is a, this is a booger that's coming. And um, we, we, the fact of the matter is we just don't know all that we need to know to know how to combat it. Um, I want to say this. Please don't do what I'm hearing a lot of pastors do. Please don't negate the concerns of the elderly. Please don't concern. We have people in our church that have compromised immune systems. They're going through chemotherapy. They have other illnesses. We, it's not just a, oh, let's just believe God and come together. There is a high risk for some people to step out of their homes. And we, we don't want to make them feel that they ought to have faith or they ought to not be worrying about this. That's why we're asking you, if you're sick, stay home. If you're showing any kind of symptoms, stay home. It's for your sake, for the sake of others. Um, we, we are trying to, we're trying to live this out. We're trying to work this out. Um, our SESL students that were on a trip before this thing began to escalate, uh, we didn't send them off into the belly of the beast. Uh, they were gone before this thing escalated. And when they came back, they ended up going through South Korea. We've asked them to just um, 
quarantine, that was a big word, I couldn't think of it, quarantine. I started to say self-medicate, but that doesn't sound right. So <laughs> self-quarantine. We've asked them to self-quarantine for the 14 days because that's what um, the Center for Disease Control is asking us to do. We thought that was wise. They are so graciously cooperating. Um, and um, we're doing that to try to look out for everyone. Please don't let me bore you with this. I think this is important. Um, this is what we've done, uh, and this is what we're asking you to do. Uh, as I said, pay attention to personal hygiene directives. <coughs> don't cough into your hand. <coughs> Social distancing is a new idea to most of us. I have spent 25 years trying to turn you into a church of huggers. And uh, we are a church of huggers and kissers. And um, it, I, I figure it takes me an average of 40 seconds to forget to not hug uh, when we come in. Um, but, and, and this, to me, this is the toughest thing about this announcement. We're asking you for the next couple of weeks to just become like those other churches. Just, uh, just wave, <laughs> greet one another, um, and, and don't freak out if somebody forgets and hugs. Just, you know, I don't know of anything about this that's more awkward to us than the social distancing thing. It's awkward. I don't like it, but I think it's wisdom. I've talked to physicians in our church I think it's wise for us to do that for the next two or three weeks or however long it takes. Now understand this, we can have a hug fest when this is over. I mean, when this is all over, you can sit next to in little groups embraced while I preach if, if you want to. But loved ones, please don't be offended by that and don't be offended with people. Most of us are, we don't, it's not that we're afraid of hugging, it's that we're afraid of offending somebody by hugging. So let's just, we can do this for the next, you know, how, two or three weeks, whatever, whatever we need to, to do. I think that would be a wise thing. We're also doing things like uh, we're going to have the bulletins on a table in the foyer um, because what we want to cut down is hand-to-hand -hand contact. When you come in, the doors will be open for you so you don't have to touch doorknobs at you know, 800 other people have touched just before you. You'll be asked to pick up your bulletin at the table. And today, and until further notice, the way we will receive our offering in-house is that when you leave, there will be ushers at the doors with a bucket. That way, they're the only ones that have to handle the bucket. Um, put your money in. If you've brought enough, it won't fit in a bucket. That's okay. Just lay it at their feet. Um, <laughs> We'll, we'll also uh, have buckets up, up here because I know there will be some people in the, in the altar that they may stay in the altar or something longer than the, uh, than the, than the ushers stay at their post. So we're doing things like that. We're, we're throughout the service sanitizing the bathroom doors, you know, because we can't leave those doors open. Um, we're taking extra precautions um, in the nursery. Um, you say, well, okay, then are, are fist bumps and elbows okay? Let me tell you what I think. Um, that's still the hand. Um, and, and I'm being told to cough into my elbow, and then you want me to stick it in somebody else's elbow. I, I don't know. 
I don't know. Um, <clears throat> I'm sure that fist bumps and, and, and elbows are, are better than handshakes and hugs. I'm sure of that. But um, I'll just put it this way. I'm not convinced. So think it through. Think it through. Um, uh, we said doors will be open for you and extra precautions will be observed. Um, we, we, are, we are already taking extra time and effort and extra steps to uh, sanitize the church and do the cleaning. Um, children's areas are being, I mean, everything from bounce houses to chairs are being sanitized. I do believe this. I believe that um, if we end up with an instruction that says we have to limit our gatherings, which I'll talk about that in just a moment, I think this is a time for small groups to shine. I think we need to realize that, um, especially with our elderly um, and high-risk groups, and you say, Pastor, that's kind of offensive, isn't it? Uh, it sure is. When I found out I'm in the elderly group, um, but there are special needs, and we, we need to, you know what I really think? I think this is going to be a time when we really need to model help and sharing and I believe this could be an Acts 2 moment of caring for one another. Uh, you remember in the early gatherings, it says that they were under a unique situation, so they cared for one another, and people had the attitude, whatever they had wasn't theirs. It was part of the community. Um, and I think that this may be a great opportunity for us to learn that um, um, we're going to need to take care of each other. The church can't do everything for everybody. The government can't do everything for everybody. Now I think the government has responsibility. I think the church has responsibility. But bottom line, we're going to have to take care um, of one another. Now, uh, you say, well, pastor, what is this the long emergency? I'm, I'm being asked that with more and more frequency. Um, I, I taught on the long emergency 12 years ago. I still believe it. I gave a very casual update a few Wednesday nights ago. I wish I'd said more, and I probably will come back and say, I don't, I don't know that this is the long emergency. I do know this. This is the kind of thing that can facilitate a long emergency. Um, I think this, the flood of a couple of years ago, is a, is a good uh, reminder that we have been warned about difficult days to come. And, uh, but do I feel like this is the long emergency? I will tell you this, um, six months of difficulty is not what I saw in the long emergency. It was much more than that. But I think Rick Joyner um, might be right when he says, and he believes in a long emergency of sorts, a little different than us, but uh, he, somebody asked him if this was what they had been prophesying. He says, no, but I believe this is a dress rehearsal. And I think that might be a good way of looking at it. Uh, I don't think we're entering the long emergency. I don't have that sense. But I do think the Lord is bringing us back to the table to remind us of what he's been talking to us about for quite a while. Now, how do I receive updates, Pastor? Well, uh, there'll, be, there'll be stuff coming to you, constant contact, uh, online contact. We'll use the phone tree. We are going to try our best to be sure that everything is on the website uh, if we have to change our schedule um, if we have to do something different. Um, right now, we're letting small groups decide if they still want to meet. We're, 
we are uh, letting everything happen that's scheduled to be happen. But I've, I've just got a feeling that it won't be many more days before we start getting some restrictions. You say, well, can you just tell us now what we're going to do? Well, we don't know what we're facing. We don't know if, if the authorities will say you can't meet at all for two weeks. We don't know if they'll say you can meet in groups of less than 250 or less than 100. And, and we will adapt. We, we, will, we will have more services that are shorter and more focused. Um, if we don't um, have the right to meet, uh, we invested uh, some money this past week to upgrade our um, live streaming abilities so that the quality of that is um, much better. Um, we've, we've live streamed a couple of things before, but there was a lot of buffering, a lot of drop signals. Um, but we've made an investment and bought some equipment that that should not be a problem. And um, if, if we have to do that, we will do that. Um, and, and, you know, I'll still preach, but it'll be uh, um, live streamed to, to, to people. Um, somebody says, well, what if we can only have... You know, what if we can only have 500 people? Well, we've still got to find out, does that mean 500 here, 500 in Brown Chapel? Um, you know, what are we going to do? How are we going to get everybody? Well, we may have a, an, an A through L Sunday, then an M through O Sunday, and a P through Z Sunday. Um, you know, well, what if I married a, a, a Peretti, but my maiden name and my family are Browns? <laughs> We'll work it out. We'll work it out. You'll have dual citizenship. But um, I'm saying that we're going to do everything we can to help this come together. Um, so you'll be able to view services online with our live streaming capabilities. There will be things on the website that you can download. And if you, just, if you get in a bind, just call the church. Um, let me encourage you. When, what we found out is that, uh, I think the number's right, only about 30% of the emails we send out are opened. Um, and I encourage you, if you get something from the church, um, read it and open it. And, and if it's one of those saying, Pastor Stephen needs help and go buy gift cards, we didn't send that one. But it, it, that's how we'll initially contact you about service changes. How can I support the church and loved ones? Let me say this without sounding like I'm being selfish in, in any way. This is the kind of scenario where church finances can plummet. So we need you to be faithful, whether we're meeting or not, or whether we're meeting with an abbreviated schedule or not, we need you to be faithful. You can give online, like many of you already do. You can give. I discovered something new the other day. You can put in an envelope and put this little sticker on it, and they will deliver it for you. Um, they'll put it in our mailbox. I know that's an innovative idea, but um, I think they called it snail mail. Um, there's text giving uh, that many of you already do, and then, of course, giving in person here. Now, let me say this. We are, we are going to come through this. Um, this may give us opportunities to witness that we have never had before. You know, Bob Jones made a prophecy, and, I, and I'm not saying this is the fulfillment of his prophecy, but Bob Jones made a prophecy that the day will come, it'll be the church's greatest moment, 
when sports, stadiums, and events will be empty and people will give attention to the to church and it will result in them seeking God. I think all of us always thought what that meant was there'd be just such a revival people would say, forget sports, I'm going to church. I wondered, I don't know, but I've wondered if Bob might have seen something like this. I'm, I'm wondering if the Lord might use this time of phenomenal interruption in the pursuits of our lives to really take us forward. I, I, I don't know, but I'm just saying that I believe this is the, perhaps the greatest opportunity that, that we could have. Let me ask you to do this. Care for one another, beginning with your own family. Now take care of yourself. Some of you need to rest. You need to relax. You need to get some sleep. If the president needs you, he'll call. Get some rest. Take care of your families. Don't let fear creep into the hearts of your children. This is brand new for them. Um, um, take care of each other. Take care of your families. Remember, and I don't mean to be offensive by saying this, but remember our widows. Remember single parents. Remember the elderly and um, uh, there's a lot, uh, under the most strict conditions, there's a lot we can do individually. I want to encourage you to pray for one another um, because there are some things that happen when we pray that do not happen if we do not pray. And um, we need to pray for our society. We need to pray for our society. The last thing we want is for our church to go through something like this. And then in six months, when everything's back to normal, we forget it and go on as, as, as before. There's a lot of good that can come out of this. Uh, and I'm not talking, I mean, the, the virus is, is you know, it's, it's the enemy, it's the devil. We pray against it. We ask God to shut it down. But I think, I think this is part of our training where we learn to rejoice and we learn to give thanks in everything. Now, he never told us to give thanks for everything. But he said, if we have the right perspective, we can give thanks in everything. Because we know that God is in, is in control. Now, I realize I'm not, I'm not even going to have time to begin preaching today. But I tell you the way I think it would be good for us to end this service. Um, and I hope this has been beneficial for you. I hope this will calm our nerves and, and let us know how we're going to go from here. And let me, let me repeat the two major things, um, three major things. Please observe the, the, the hygiene recommendations, you know, of minimal contact. Of don't come in if you're sick to work or school or, or here. Just use those good common sense things. Number two, we will continue with our service schedule as normal. We'll meet here Wednesday night. Um, unless, unless uh, Governor McMaster or some other authority or the federal government says, no, we've got to do this. Um, and there may be restrictions if it gets worse. Now, we're going to pray it doesn't get worse. But um, just realize we'll do service as usual. But also remember this, 
stay in touch with us. Look for emails or phone tree messages. Go to the website um, to get information. Uh, it's, it's, you know, there, there are almost 3,000 people that call Christian Life home. Now, they're not here every week. But th through the course of a year, there's about 3,000 people that come sporadically, occasionally, or regularly. So you can understand the difficulty of us trying to get word to everybody individually. So that's why we have to rely on email and phone tree and things like that. Keep checking in at the website. And if you can't find what you need, just call the church. Just call the church. Um, and and um, the, the, the final thing I want to say is let's just keep our hearts ready. Let's keep our hearts in tune with the Lord. Don't get frustrated. Don't become judgmental. But understand that God has moved us to a place that we don't even understand. We don't even understand how many opportunities we're going to have to shine for him. Now, the way I'd like for us to close today, Justin, am I forgetting something? Can you think of anything? Okay. We'll be here for questions. Now, don't forget the offering on your way out, okay? The ushers will, will uh, when we start praying, they'll go ahead and move into position because some of you may want to go. Um, um, I want us to... Uh, take time to pray today. Our president, I'm so thankful, has called for a national day of prayer. And um, I, I, think, I think that's a giant step in the, in the right direction. And um, let me tell you what we want to pray. We want to pray for the hand of God to be upon not only our nation, but the nations of the world. And I'm going to let the Holy Spirit, you can write this down or he can bring it up to you. We want to pray for our health care providers they are at such incredible risk, um, even though they have precautions that they take. Um, I tell you, our doctors and nurses, our paramedics and ambulance crews, uh, technicians, uh, all of these men and women are heroes to us. And we want to pray for the grace of God to protect them. We want to pray for our teachers and school administrators and, and, and school staff because um, when those little ones come in, those teenagers come in, um, those teachers are standing right there, uh, right in the middle of it. Let's pray for our teachers and our schools. Let's pray for our children. Let's pray that God will keep them healthy and well. And loved ones, let's pray, you know, let's pray for the elderly. Um, <laughs> it's so embarrassing to say this. Somebody was talking about, uh, well, pastor, you're in this box, you know, you, you, you're elderly. You're, and I kind of I got miffed and I said, well, I, I think I can still take care of myself. Got just kind of my ego kind of, and I said, I, I think I'll be fine. And I turned and took a step and fell down four steps. So... <laughs> I repented of my arrogance. Uh, we need to pray for our elderly. Um, and we need to pray for our first responders. Um, um, when things, if, if things get worse, you don't know how society will always react. So... Um, Let's just pray for the calming peace of God to settle over us, okay? 
Justin, would you come up here and we're going we're gonna to end in prayer. I want to say this. This has not been a typical service, um, but I think it was a chance for a pastor to share his heart. I think it's a chance for you to know how we have things lined out. We will never do anything intentionally to put anyone at risk. Um, and, and we'll make conservative decisions. And if there are decisions made that we don't agree with that are beyond our control, we will just be a light. We will, we will shine in the place that's been dealt with us. And you know what? We're going to come through this better than we went into this. Okay? We're going to do that. Um, let's do this. Some of you may want to come and just gather in the altar area, kneel on the steps. Some of you may want to just stay where you are. But we want to, we want to take um, the eight or ten minutes we've got left to just pray. We won't have a formal dismissal. Ushers, if you guys could go ahead and move into position in case some go ahead and decide to leave. Um, you're going to have to help me remember that we don't do offerings this way, but uh, they will be at the exits. And uh, if you have an offering that you want to give, just drop it in the bucket. Um, somebody asked about communion. How are we going to receive communion? Well, we'll probably have to go to those little individualized cups or what have you. But where there's a will, there's a way. Where there's a will, there's a way. And um, if we could get wine with high enough alcohol content, we could just... <laughs> no, I'm teasing. I'm just teasing. After saying that, I better not get near any stairs. So, uh. We are going to see the Lord do amazing things in us. And talk to your kids. And answer their questions, even if they seem insignificant. Answer their questions and project fear. You say... I'm closing with this. Pastor, if we don't have faith, God's not going to help us. Well, I tell you what, if the only time God helped us is when our faith was just right, we'd all be in trouble. Remember the night of Passover? God said, you put the blood on the doors and I will have the, the angel pass over you. Um, I've often wondered, you know, you might have this house right here where a child says, Daddy, are we sure we're going to be okay? And the daddy takes him to the door and shows him the blood and says, Son, we've done what God said. We're under the blood. Everything's going to be fine. You go to sleep. Nothing bad's going to happen. And you say, Well, that's a household of faith. You go next door, and it might be a, a daddy, is everything going to be okay? You know, he said, I'm the firstborn. I'll die if things aren't okay. And the daddy could say, oh, God, son, I hope so. We've, we put the blood. We've done everything we know to do. But who can know God? I, we hope we have. And you say, well, which ones did God pass over? Both. Both. It's just this one was a shame the next morning. Um, it, it, you and I can't do anything to elicit God's favor. It's by grace, through faith. But what we want to do is be sure that we respond well, okay? I'm going to ask Justin to, to pray. Just take a minute or two to pray over us. And then 
uh, I, I'm going to ask those that would like to stay for a little bit of prayer to come and get in the altar area. You might want to pray for loved ones. You might want to pray for these things I mentioned, but I'll come after Justin has led us in a minute or two of prayer. Father, we come to you with humble hearts. We come to you realizing our desperate need for you. We come to you. And Lord, I'm so thankful we're not a church that runs to you in crisis. But Lord, we're always running to you. Because you are our hiding place. You are our strong tower. You are our fortress of safety. You are our strength, our encouragement, our comfort, no matter what we face. You are our helper and Lord, we are so dependent on you. So Lord, today we ask for our city, for our state and our nation. We pray for the peace of God to settle on us like a blanket. Let it calm our hearts to the very core of who you created us to be. Lord, teach us that it's not by might nor by power, but by your spirit. And Father, if we're doing anything in the strength of the flesh... I pray that you'd expose our hearts to you so that you can correct it in us so that we come under and submit ourselves to the working and power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Father, we do pray for our health care providers today. We lift up those doctors and nurses and surgeons, those who are cleaning hospital rooms, Lord, those who are working in the trenches. I think of the tent outside of Lexington Medical Center's emergency department. I think of those who have been called to work longer shifts. Lord, I just pray for their health. I pray for their strength. I pray that you'd bless them, bless their families, protect them, keep them safe from all harm and danger, give them wisdom no matter what they come up against and face. Lord, we pray for our teachers and school administrators today who are making decisions. And Lord, until those decisions are made, they're right in the middle of everything going on with these children. I pray that you'd give them the words to say to calm the hearts and to remove fear uh, from the campuses that they serve. And Lord, I pray that students would follow their teacher's lead, Lord, and, and they, that you would allow Christian teachers who pray and who read the word to, to shine during this time. And Lord, I pray that many would come to you even in our schools uh, because of what you're doing and who you're using. Lord, we pray for our children for continued protection. Lord, as Pastor said, we're thankful that they do not seem to be the target of this virus. But Lord, we also know that uh, some of our children may have a weakened immune system or difficulty or they're vulnerable. So we pray for them, that you'd cover them. We pray for our elderly, Lord. We thank you that uh, you love those who are aged. Lord, you hold them in high uh, esteem in the scripture and you ask us to do the same. And so, Father, we pray for them. Give us opportunities to serve them, to look out for them. Lord, for single moms, for single dads. Uh, Lord, for, for families who uh, are just dealing with difficult socioeconomic issues and financial uh, issues. I, I pray that you'd help us to see the need and fill it as you lead us by the Holy Spirit. Father, we do pray for our first responders, our police officers, Lord, our firemen and women. We pray for ambulance drivers. Lord, we pray for our National Guard. Anyone who's been called upon during this crisis, Lord, we pray and ask that 
you would grant them protection and favor and safety. Let them work together as a unit. And Lord, let them see success in everything they put their hand to. And again, Lord, we just want to pray for the calming peace of God to settle over us. Lord, show us how to pray during times like this. Lord, even if all we can get out is help, I thank you that you will answer. You are good, and we can trust you. So, Lord, we choose to trust you today. Thank you for this family talk. Thank you for a pastor and leadership team of this church that's willing to deal with issues that we face every day. And, Lord, we don't shrink back, but we just talk it through. And, we, Lord, we're better because of it. So thank you for the unity that you're providing here at Christian Life. Lord, just help us to follow your lead as we follow you. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Loved ones, would you do this, please? I, I realize we're at the end of our allotted time, but for those of you who can, would you begin to move into a place of prayer, either where you're at or up here at the altar? If you are here and you have come today to give your life to Jesus Christ, if you've come to find him as your Savior and the forgiver of your sins, Pastor Justin is going to be right down here on the front row uh, you have to excuse me, I have a meeting I have to go to coordinating some things, but he will be here. Come see Pastor Justin and he would love to pray with you so that you know that Jesus is your Savior. Would you stand as the worship team begins to exalt the name of the Lord? I want to pray a blessing over you, but begin, make your way to the front or wherever you want to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, the Son of the living God, the forgiver of our sins and the redeemer of our lives. Thank you for the privilege of being in church today. Now, Lord, we don't know if this is going to be something that blows over in a couple of weeks or if it might take us even into the summer. We just don't know. But you do. You do. And you've already got a plan of victory for this and every church we're asking that our homes would be a visitation place of angels. We ask that our relationships would be strengthened. We pray that in the time that is before us, with all the question marks, Lord, would you begin to put exclamation points? Would you begin to bring good out of difficult and inconvenient situations and anoint us to pray, anoint us to hear you, in Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. God bless you. Please feel free to come or worship where you are.